0: The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools. If it's the sport you care about,
1: we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM,
2: 1390 AM, The Fan. 401's your time. I'm Aljay Salves. Welcome to the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Grateful to have you along. Utah State football is officially underway. Today with our uh, media day, we have a ton of audio from Coach Anderson to Jordan Love. Later in the week and throughout the rest of the week leading up to the season opener, uh, we will have from audio from uh, a lot of coaches. Coach Sanford, Coach Enna, Coach Jason Phillips. Uh, you'll hear from Shaq Bond, obviously a very key defender. Uh, you'll get audio from uh, Taylor Compton, a newly wide receiver. TJ uh, Woods. TJ Woods. Uh, we've got everything for you. To make sure that you are prepared for Wake Forest come Friday, August 30th at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. Hi everybody, you know, I'm Ajay Salveson alongside Eric Franson. It's the Full Court Press. It's like Christmas today. 4.02pm, your start time. It is Christmas in August. That's right. We, football has begun.
3: You know, it's, you, the last football game that we were involved in was in December, really. Uh, I mean, you follow the NFL, there's the playoffs, whatever. And there were spring practices and you'd kind of check in there. But fall camp is just so different. And being up on that campus, getting all the media guys in the room, and Coach Anderson sits down, and you're like, oh, This is this is real. Yep. This is fun. Yep. And then you start talking to the players. And, it, it, you know, when you're when we're all together with Coach Anderson and Coach, and uh, Jordan Love, that's fun. It, we're, we get to throw questions at them and see how they respond. And then we break off into groups, and we're kind of doing more one-on-one stuff. And so we can ask whatever. You know, we don't have to wait for our turn or if somebody no. asks a question that we were kind of going to ask. Uh, but it just I love this time of year. It, you get to talk one-on-one with these players and coaches. You get to know them. And get a sense for what this team is going to look like this year. And and sometimes it's hard to know in media day what the season is going to look like. Oh yeah, everything's roses, everything's rainbows. Yeah, but sometimes you can get a sense, like if if the team is lacking confidence, if they don't really seem strong in their answers, I. Feel a lot of confidence from this coaching staff and these players getting ready for 2019.
2: And and the reason why, and we'll get more into this here in, in the hour. Again, it's all Utah State today. as they opened up their media day. Their first fall camp practice is tomorrow at 2.45 p.m. Uh, that will all lead into a open scrimmage on August 17th on a Saturday at 5 o'clock p.m. for the Open to the Public to uh, you get your showcase of what this Utah State Aggie team will look like. Um, again, as they get ready for Wake Forest, uh, 6 o'clock Mountain Time on Friday, August 30th. Eric, uh, the thing that stands out to me in so many ways is you're right. There is a lot of hype, a lot of expectation on it on this squad. Remember last year, they were picked to finish near or in the middle of the pack of the whole entire Mountain West Conference. Now, they're picked to finish third in the whole entire Mountain West Conference, second in their division, uh, and with a lot, and with I guess not a lot, but a medium range of returning talent, but key Returning uh, players such as T. Pinalier, such as DJ Williams, such as, of course, the one and only Jordan Love.
3: Well, every team everywhere goes through this. There's a a, a group of players that come back, a group of great players who left and aren't there because either transfer, graduation, injury, whatever. This happens to every college football program everywhere. Uh, And so, but the real question is uh, how much. Was uh, those underclassmen? How much were they able to contribute the year previous, as they get to start to fill those roles, and uh, how much does that set you up for what their team is going to look like, you know, going forward for this upcoming season? So, for Utah State, there are some really key guys coming back, but it, there's also going to be some healthy, healthy competition for a lot of different positions. Coach Gary Anderson talked a little bit about that, how. Um, even though there's got a lot of guys coming back because of there's a new coaching staff, a fresh set of eyes, and just a lot of guys who want to be able to contribute, there's going to be a lot of competition for a lot of different positions, which is great. I think that's very healthy for a football team.
1: Um, I would say one thing that's different about this camp, especially from the past is this will be an extremely competitive camp. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of kids on this football team that uh, want to st- uh, strap that starter tag next to their name and uh, excited to compete. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, it'll be great to get the D lineman back, obviously, in spring ball. A big difference there is we have bodies now, which we had so many kids recovering from nagging injuries or surgery or what have you. We'll get all those guys back because I expect that to be a, a true, powerful part of this football
2: that's, that's what's exciting is that there's no player that comes into this team and says, wait a minute, it's your position. You were here last year. It's yours to have. I'll follow up and be there. I'll, I'll fight for the backup position. Every one of these guys want a starting position, and I know that sounds uh, corny and maybe a little bit too obvious to you, but at times you almost see that. You see players like, well, I, look, I'm just trying to get to the backup position because I know this kid's starting. You don't know that for sure. If you can go out there and ball out during fall camp – that spot's yours, and and I feel like there's a lot of positions uh, in this camp that are up for grabs, Eric.
3: I agree, and I think that the, Gary Anderson was good at this, and Matt Wells did this as well. If you can prove yourself as a player, doesn't matter what the what year it says you are behind your name—freshman, sophomore, senior—if you can go out there and you're going to be able to contribute and and play well, you'll get time, and so. Uh, I think there's there with some of the changes that have happened, it creates opportunity for maybe some positional changes or even just some rotation opportunities to to try to get minutes for a lot of these guys, and that's great because if it's if if so much is already known coming into camp as far as these guys are going to be your starters, these guys are going to be your backups, maybe the the practices aren't quite as crisp and as as hard. As maybe it could be, because if you give people the opportunity that, hey, you could be a starter, you could be a contributor, we still need to figure out what our depth chart's going to look like. Everybody comes into the practice thinking, I could be a starter, and so I got to go out and give it my all, rather than, okay, I know I'm just going to be backup, I know I'm going to be using limited, limited minutes, I'm just going to be rotation in on a few plays here or there, maybe I don't give it everything I have on every down and every play and every practice. But if I know that I can compete for a starting job, that's a different story.
2: And as such case, Coach Anderson on the position battles.
1: Well, the ones we've been talking about for a long time, the offensive line is huge. Uh, You know, those, I say it again, uh, we walked in here in January, evaluated this group very closely and looked at the offensive line and felt like that uh, there were some young men that could replace those four starters And put us in a place to win football games. So we put all our chips in in January in that situation, and they've worked hard. Um, They've worked hard. They've gained weight. They've battled. Proud of them on the field, off the field, in the classroom. Um, So we're going to see exactly how far they've come as we continue to go when we get our offense, or excuse me, our defensive lineman back. So you're going to see where they're at because. I believe our defensive line will be very good, and I expect them to be. Um, so that offensive line will be challenged, and uh, we'll see where they sit, and then the wide receiver position. That is that is key for uh, this football team, and that is key for Jordan. It's key for the offense to be able to function at a high level. And when you lose 75-plus percent of your production at the wide receiver position, it needs to uh, you know, obviously step up and go. We've added numbers there. Um, we've added new faces there. And that will be extremely competitive for those spots also. And we have some very good players in this program that have had some great off seasons and some great summers that you know, are expected to come in and play at a high level by themselves and by us. So uh, I believe we're going to be good there. But uh, you know what we believe right now, we've got to see. Uh, those are the really two on the offensive side of the ball. On the defense, it's you know, Woody is in a great position. He's a tremendous player. And uh, who's going to be next to him? You know, is it going to be Kevin? Is it going to be Noah? Is Cash going to come down there and play some? You know, who's going to come in that spot at the other linebacker side and and be that guy next to Woody, or the couple guys that are next to Woody that can really, you know, help us play a high level of defense? And then as a whole in the defensive backfield, there's a lot of competition. You know, at safety, yes; at nickel, yes; at corner, yes. Um, and there's going to be a little bit of moving of the chess pieces there to see where those young men fit. And those kids are all ready to compete. Um, you know, I, I uh, went out to lunch today with Grayson, and he's extremely excited. And he just you know shared with me how fired up that, that back end is ready to jump out and go play football and, and get involved in the, in the defense and, and this, this team battle that we're going to go against each other with the next few weeks in camp against the wide receivers. So they're ready to go. But those are the key ones as we go through, a couple on offense, a couple on defense. I feel great about the specialists great about, um, like I said, they'll win us games. I believe that.
2: So that's your whole position breakdown for the whole entire team, so you're set <laughs> to go. We'll just close well, the show now. Uh,
3: the <laughs> thing that stands out to me the most in that, which was a little bit of a long bite, but uh, the thing that stands out to me the most is how he talks about David Woodward. Yeah. And we, we talked about this the other day about you know the linebacker group could be really an interesting group for USU coming into the season, but there is a question about who who plays alongside him and how do they, what are their roles? Because he is such a special player and Gary Anderson recognizes that they may be running schemes that basically create opportunity for him to roam as a free agent out there. He doesn't have a a gap assignment. Uh, He may not have a a position assignment that he's going to follow and, and track, Uh, but he can go and make plays where he needs to make plays.
1: Yeah, the 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 thing that David has that all of those linebackers have had is uh, incredible instincts. Um, Things that you just you just don't coach. Um, You know, their first initial read, their first initial step. Um, David can also like all those guys that have been with him in the, in the past, can be physical as needed. Um, but he can be very squirmy and hard to find and hard to catch in there. And that's what all of those other great linebackers meant. Bobby was like that. The boardman kid at Wisconsin was like that. Very difficult to deal with and find and catch. Um, the two young men last year, you know, Chase and Cody at Utah, were much like that also. They had tremendous speed on the field, um, strength as needed and very physical and aggressive tacklers. Um, You don't see guys get a lot of extra yardage when they tackle. And that is how David plays his game. Um, I think the mental side of his game as he's adjusted to this scheme, he understands that we will highlight him. Um, He doesn't just accept that. He loves that. And so now. Blitzer. We want him to be able to make some plays when behind the other side of the line of scrimmage when we're given the opportunity. There's times we're gonna play some, some fronts that are designed to protect him and let those defensive linemen eat up the blocks. And I never coach a defensive lineman to say, Hey, you're you're block eaters right now, I never will, but at times we do put them in a position to keep David clean and let him run and not necessarily assign him a gap. And so he's He's a special linebacker when you start doing those type of things in a defensive scheme.
2: That's stupid crazy to me. That's amazing. That says volumes beyond understanding about the kind of player David Woodward is. To be able to say, we are designing a defense around you so you can go do what you please to do as long as it is productive to helping our defense get stops.
3: Yeah, what? but the only way that works is if you've got a really good defensive line. I, I didn't <laughs> – we ran out of time, uh, but there's a great thing where Gary Anderson talks about how there is this wealth of talent that he has for the defensive line. Yeah. And it's going to be fun for him. He's He gets giddy thinking about – and he, we heard him talk a little bit about that uh, in some of the position uh, battles. But he, he gets a little bit giddy thinking about that defensive line. And David Woodward will not be able to be an effective roaming Havoc linebacker if he doesn't have a good defensive line in front of him.
2: Which he has, a once again, a talented one led by Tipa Nolier. Uh, you have Chris Inga up there. Uh, and the list Justice the Justice Taye is going to be a big, big one. Of course, when he mentioned starters, he only mentioned two starters. That have for sure starting spots. Justice, Tipa. Nobody else is guaranteed. Everybody else has yep. got to fight for what they want. Yep. And David Woodward, of course, will be starting on the defensive end, as long as DJ Williams. But regard to the defensive line, only Tippa and Justice. Everyone else, good luck.
3: Well, log yeah, it
2: out. Well, well, and the,
3: we don't. He, I asked him if there's going to be guys might change positions or not, and he didn't really want to get into that too much. No. But he did make it clear that there is a lot of talent there. And it's the, the challenge that they are going to have is figuring out what that depth chart looks like. But they're going to want to have multiple guys rotating in, so that whenever you're on the field, you're always fresh and you're always going with full strength. Uh, but he didn't want to set like certain number of snaps or certain no, number he, of reps. He didn't. He wouldn't. Uh, but uh, he 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 feels strongly that there's gr- there's good enough talent and enough depth there that that's going to be a really strong position for Utah State in 2019.
2: I would love to see if it works to what they're hoping to do. And when I talked to Justin Enna, uh, we'll play his interview later in the week. Um, But when I talked to him and we asked him about David Woodward, he had the biggest ear-to-ear grin, eyes wide open, talking about David Woodward. And it was almost like, oh, I got ideas spinning through my head. If I could only tell you right now, I would, but I can't. You just you see like what they're seeing with this defensive talent. I mean, we talk about the losses of Gage, Ferguson, John Trill, Rockamore, um, Jamarcus Ingram, uh, which by the way we'll get into a little bit of that here in just a bit. Uh, but and and, and all this other talent that they lost, Gage Ferguson, they turn around and they look at it and they're like, oh, man, we got cupboard's full right now on this defensive side. I mean, there's there are some thin spots, sure, but they still feel like they can make do with what they have and be plentiful on it. Which is really saying something. Yeah, it, it, there's still
3: it, it's an interesting dynamic they have. It, there's going to be interesting competition at the defensive line, just because there's so much talent there. Trying to figure out who gets starter minutes and who rotates in. Uh, there's uh, going to be an interesting competition in the in the secondary for different reasons. Uh, They're going to be there were a lot of young guys that got minutes last year, played well. Uh, there's some other, but some guys left. They may were, maybe were hoping or to rely on a guy or two to be there that aren't going to be there. And so uh, it's going to be a little bit different position battle there for different reasons as they try to develop uh, who's going to play what roles and in, in what positions. So, it, and then, yeah, who, who are the guys alongside David Woodward at the linebacker position? So it's... It's a really interesting dynamic that this football team has. Um some for really good reasons. It's a, a uh, an embarrassment of riches, if you can put it that way. Uh and then another just uh, got to figure out who who can play and who wants to play and fill those positions, especially in the secondary.
2: Yeah. And and by the way, the secondary's going to be okay. You got a chance to interview Shaq Bond uh, oh, at media day. The that I was,
3: I have we have to play that in its entirety. I was. Over I don't want to sound like that interview in
2: the sake. So just to set the scene for you to uh, pull open the veil a little bit. We're in the same room doing an interview. It's a big room though. He's on one side. Eric is. I'm on the other. I'm interviewing. I think Coach Phillips at this time. You got Shaq Bond, and my ear is like over there with you. <laughs> And I'm trying to listen to Jason and think of other questions, but I'm listening to Shaq Bond the whole time. You're enti- you're absolutely right. We will play the whole I, entirety of the interview. I don't I can't. I can't,
3: can't soundbite him because you just you need to hear the whole thing.
2: He is great. And oh. he I,
3: at the very beginning of this show, I talked about how I felt like you, you get a sense. It's granted, it's kind of a small sample size. When we only talked to between all the different interviews we did. What maybe six, seven people, um, eight maybe between all of us compared to an entire team. It's hard to get a full gauge of the team, but in the, the interviews that we had, you get this, this sense of confidence that's coming off of them, and Shaq Bond is brimming with confidence. And I tried to ask him a question. I don't mean to give too much away about what you'll hear tomorrow, but I tried to ask him a question about developing – his own the the secondary overall and the challenges that that they're going to have and he flipped that to talk about how excited he is about the different offensive things that are happening on the other side of the ball it's it's going to be fun to hear that in its entirety don't forget it's great to have him back he's going to be a great leader and, uh, and and coming back from injury, he's he's excited to get back on the field.
2: You'll hear all the audio from Aggie Media Day today and tomorrow again, same time, same station, same people will have it for you. Getting back to uh, what Coach Anderson said, you said you talked about the riches that he has. There's also subtractions, and they both come from the defensive side, and they're both a little big. When he was asked about those subtractions on the team and about what he doesn't have, Coach Anderson responded.
1: Well, the biggest thing for me there is we're just going to talk about the guys we have. Um, you know, Our education process with the young men, if they decide to be here and not want to be here, it's important to me that you know this is your school. And if you decide that it's not your school in that situation, then you make that decision. We always educate. We communicate. Uh, we don't shut a kid out of communication when we get in those situations and we have discussions. But uh, the fact that uh, you know, we're excited about the young men we have here, and I know the young men that are in that room right now, Uh, going through their team meeting, are are excited to be part of it, and they're not worried about the guys that uh, aren't in that room with them.
2: Read between the lines. Now, as we are walking out of the building, a gentleman said, oh, those are sports radio guys, they just love to talk. (laughs) When we are given uh, that freedom, though, uh, then, yeah, we're going to talk. Jamarcus Ingram is in the transfer portal. Uh, I'm hearing rumor that he has a destination already picked out. Uh, I will let you take two guesses of where that destination is going to be, and I will not tell you where, but I'll just let you take guesses. Uh, It doesn't take a rocket science to figure it out. And so no Jamarcus Ingram. He's in the transfer portal. Uh, Baron Gonkowski, unfortunately, injuries, too many of them uh, have forced him to retire. Uh, An absolute vocal leader, a a really fun player to watch, which is extremely unfortunate that he won't be here. Uh, He's also not on the roster for the football team. He's retired from the game of football.
3: Uh, Devin Hextall is not uh, part of the team you know. coming back. That was a question with uh, here's, Utah State was losing some great wide receivers, especially guys that at certain positions, uh, if you needed a possession receiver to go get it uh, on the sidelines, to, to get a jump ball, Utah State had those guys last year. Who are those guys going to be this year? I thought – coming into it. Hextall might be one of those guys because of his size, but he's out. And so when I asked the question, somebody had asked the question just before that about some late additions and there's some new guys that are coming, some walk-ons that people don't quite know yet and Gary wasn't going to detail all who who those guys were going to be yet and if some of those might get scholarships or not. And so I just followed it up with, you also have some late subtractions and the look on his face was just yeah, like yeah. So you asked me, I'm supposed to answer this, but I don't want to get into too much detail. And
2: and here's the thing: is when I say read between the lines, you guys get get to hear his voice. We saw his face, we heard his voice. That let's just let's just say there's a little bit of irritation, but he's going to move on, because he just doesn't want to deal with it right now. Uh, and and but that is college football. In fact, I was hearing somebody talk about it. You know, it's really it's really unfortunate. In fact, it was uh. I was in an interview I heard, but he was a coach was talking about how it's so unfortunate because back in the day, he could get after kids, and you know they would just stick with it, that they weren't going to leave the school. Now it's like if you don't baby him and give them the right size of diaper and, and pamper them correctly, they're out. They're going to be like, you know what, I'm going to go find somewhere else. And, and that's kind of the case these days. Unless you baby the kids to, to what they want, then they're going to leave. And uh, some kids can toughen up and just take it and move on and, and compete for a spot. And compete for that right to earn the respect from the coaches, and some will just take the easy way out. Uh, but what, and, and I think that's what he points out here is the kids who want to be here want to earn their way onto the field. They don't need the easy way.
3: No, right, and it's it's going to create some some good position battles. Um, and uh, this is a new coaching staff, a coaching staff that's been in some power programs. They know what it's like. Or some guys that have been in the NFL, so they know what it takes to compete at a very high level. And if you want to win uh, that, as Coach Sanford put it, win the elusive Mountain West Championship when I talk to him, then uh, it's going to require a lot of hard work and dedication from the players to get there.
2: Let me ask you really quick, before we go to break, Eric, your favorite defensive position battle you're looking forward to?
3: Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I would I would probably have to say defensive line because there's so much talent there and it's going to play such a big role for everything else that happens behind them. They can wreak a lot of havoc on opposing teams this year. And uh, who who the starters are going to be, who the backups are going to be, how they manage that talent is going to be fun to watch. Uh, secondary would be my second one, but uh, primarily that defensive line. It's not a position group that we, we've we talked a lot about over the years for Utah State. There's been some good ones in the past, but it's not really a unit as a whole where we often get really excited about talking about them. And I think this could be one of those seasons where that defensive line and the defensive ends especially could be pretty special for USU.
2: It's Eric Frantz and it's RJ Salveson. Today was Utah State Football Media Day. Tomorrow, don't forget, and throughout the rest of the week and even into next week, you'll hear audio from Coach Justin Enna in its entirety. Coach Mike Sanford is a junior, by the way. Is it Coach Mike Sanford Jr.? Yeah, yes. Okay, just want to make sure I said that right. Uh, you'll hear his entirety. Shaq Bond, of course, you have to hear his entirety. Coach Jason Phillips, passing coordinator and wide receivers coach. You'll hear his entirety. That's all coming up tomorrow. But next, it's time to move to the offensive side and to a guy that they have a lot of respect for and who's getting a lot of hype, including his head coach and you'll find out what he has to say that kind of all put our, made our eyes kind of go wide. Eric Franson, and LJ J. you listen to the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
1: Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390
2: AM, The Fan. 429, your time. July 31st, we're one day away from August already. Can you believe that? One day away from fall camp opening for the Utah State Aggies. I don't know. It's exciting. Unreal.
3: We are two weeks it was away It so from- fun. Uh, you, sometimes, uh, there's been years past where you go through the summer, I'm just talking for myself, you go through the sure. summer and then uh, you, you kind of get out of the, some of the regular routines when, when the sports season is really in full effect. And then when it starts to come back again, it's like, oh, I remember how fun this was. And uh, you get right into it again. So today is one of those days. It, it's, it was a lot of fun being up on on campus, talking to the coaches and the players, seeing uh, the the look in their eyes as they're ready to get going. Um, some guys uh, have been out for a little bit because of injury. Now they get to come back. Coaches are, are back here after they went to different places and with the new perspective and excited. So... Uh, this is going to be really, really interesting two thousand and nineteen football season for u s u and um it'd be interesting when it 's all said and done though, to see how it uh, ends up compared to how we 're thinking about things right now
2: yeah, you no no, you can 't be any more right that 's why we do like the whole prediction thing it's a prediction it 's a crystal ball uh that 's not even clear it 's dusty, and it's it's dirty, and you can 't even see through it, or else we 'd be right, and we wouldn't be doing this job that we have now. On the offensive side, the Aggies are have lost a ton of offensive talent. That's not a hidden secret. You lose from Darwin Thompson, Dax Raymond, Jalen Green, Ron Quavian Tarver, Aaron Vaughn's, DJ Nilson. Uh, the list just goes on and on. The one position that everybody is kind of wondering about is, yeah, Darwin Thompson is gone. Gerald Bright, who, by the way, is kind of interesting. When I looked at the stats, Gerald Bright and Darwin Thompson weren't far off in carries. Now, in yards. Absolutely, there was a distance, and Darwin yeah. Thompson led that by a chunk of margin. But in regards to carries, Bright got uh, a nearly equal amount of carries to Darwin Thompson. But after that, Darwin Thompson your your starter running back, most likely, according to Coach Anderson.
3: Gerald Bright, you mean.
2: Yeah, sorry, Gerald Bright, excuse me. Uh, but after that, there's a list of running backs, but who's Coach Anderson really uh, having his eyes on?
1: Yeah, Gerald's a starter, um, without a doubt, well deserved. And if you see him right now, you know he's put on weight. Um, that was a goal of his to get a little bigger, get a little stronger. Uh, he feels great. Um, you know he's and, and he's such a threat receiving. Also, let's not forget he was a receiver at some point, so he has tremendous hands. He's worked on his deficiencies um, as far as learning how to block in his position and what he's doing. We don't ask. Him to be a killer in the in blocking, and you know, we're not going to take on a 240-pound linebacker and stone him on the line of scrimmage when he has a six-yard run at us. But he's worked very hard at, at developing the techniques and the fundamentals with Coach Collins to become a good blocker, um, and that's something he'll continue to work on. You know, through the depth at that position, Enoch has done a great job. Enoch came in as a mid-year transfer, high school kid. You know, just. Fish out of water a little bit at the beginning, right? Everything was coming real fast out of him, drinking out of a fire hose, but he handled spring ball very well. Handed the ball off to him a ton. I mean, I remember the one scrimmage we handed the ball off to him like 10 times in a row, and I don't think he could even walk anymore by the time he got done with the series. But, uh, you know, never batted an eye. I know his dad. His dad played for me a long time ago, so I know the toughness that he comes from in his family, so he's a tremendous fit for us. He's gained weight. Um, He's got bigger, faster, stronger. He'll be in the mix you know, um, and he don't want to hear the, the word red shirt. That doesn't work in his mind, so he's ready to compete and go. Jalen, Warren has been here all summer, done a nice job. Um, he's lost the weight we've asked him to lose. Um, we had a week off now, so I haven't seen him in a week. So I hope that Polynesian blood doesn't kick in too deep, <laughs> Too much uh, too much rice as he went home for the weekend. So I'm sure his dad handled that for him and didn't let that happen. So we get his weight where it is. We expect him to be a, a very talented running back. And then Riley, obviously. You know, uh, he's, uh, he's here for a reason. You know, we brought the, all three of those transfers that we brought in, and Riley's here for the reason to come in and make us better at the running back position. He's trained extremely hard. He's done a nice job. He looks great. So you know, we want to get three. We'd love to have three. Um, we believe that's when we're at our best as a staff. Um, I think the kids all believe that and understand that that is best for them. And so you know, we got, we got four right now that we're taking a long, hard look at and see, uh, may the best three come out on top and, and get the reps
2: you got four running backs, and you get it down to three. Eric, if you had to predict right now with a crystal ball and sitting in your hand, who's the odd man out? I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I asked you. I
3: can't do that right now.
2: Yeah, that's why I asked you. It's because usually there's kind of that it's set in stone. You you know who the starter is, which we do, Gerald Bright. You know who the backup is who's going to get that you know limited amount of carries just behind him. In this case, we know it's Gerald Bright as a starter. We have no idea who is right after it. Enoch is definitely one of those candidates, a very high candidate to be that guy. But Rally Burke could come in, and he's a very good running back. He can put his head down, you know, downhill runner, won't go around you, will go over you kind of guy. Uh, the physicality could really help in their favor in that regard.
3: Yeah, and the, reason, the biggest reason for me while I can't make that guess right now is because we, we haven't seen some of these guys in Aggie uniforms going at it just yet. Um, And so it's hard to know whether because they were redshirting or they were on a different team. So it's hard to know how they're going to fit in right now um, with Utah State. So it got to see some practices first, see how they act on the field uh, before I can make that that kind of guess. But, um, you know, it 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 does provide some interesting options that USU might have Um, guys that can play a little bit different style um, big enough to be able to absorb uh, a block if they need to, but also uh, have that home run type speed um, to uh, get out in, on the edges or get away from guys and make some things
2: happen. A quick side tension, sidestep from the players aspect of this team. Uh, coach Favero has been added to the uh, roster edition of the coaching staff. Now, he's not a coach, which I didn't know this. He's actually not a coach. He's an analyst, and so he has different responsibilities. But Coach Anderson talked about the importance of what those responsibilities are.
1: My kids played for Coach Fab, obviously, at Logan High. Um, Had great respect for his teams. Had great respect for the way so many of the young men that we recruited over the years. You know, from Cache Valley as a whole, played at Logan, and uh, they came in here and, and they were really prepared for a college experience. You know, they had been in a system that uh, was demanding; that uh, the kids were asked to do a lot, um, and that really caught my attention. Um, and then, as I got to know Fav, and he went through time and he retired, you know, you can only play golf so many days a week, right? You got to have something to do. <laughs> His wife called me and said, "Please kick him out of the house, please." Um, but in all honesty, he's just—he's a tremendous football knowledge. Uh, he doesn't have an ego. He's not coming here with any any vision other than he's excited to be an analyst and you know help coach Sanford and the offensive staff out. He is a great mind, and when you have a great mind that you can add to your staff, uh, then I know will make us better. It's just a huge, huge uh, plus for us as a whole, um, as a football staff, a football team, and you know we're all lucky to have him. Now he's very limited as far as you know coaching. He can't coach. Um, uh, anybody, But he can put us in a position to stay ahead of opponents, and he can put us in a position to complete, uh, understand our opponents even more with working with the staff. So it'll be a, a big positive for us.
2: Coach Rivera has a very high IQ in regards to offensive mentality. He's turned guys like Rowley Nielsen, DJ Nielsen, uh, Ryan Bohm, our very own Ryan Bohm, into absolute studs. And uh, I, Chris there, Cooley. Yeah, Chris Cooley's another it's a, one. It's a long list. A, yeah, it is a long list. And so, there's no doubt, without a doubt in my mind, and with no hesitation, I can tell you, this is a great addition for this USU coaching. Yeah,
3: initially, when you hear that a, a college football team, Division One college football team, has an opportunity to hire an offensive analyst or a defensive analyst, you think who would they go out and find? Uh, somebody who's been in the game a lot, or might know the area, know the, the, the teams that you're going to be facing, uh, a former coach um, who's very familiar with college football. Um, and, and when I first heard that Mike Favaro was going to be hired as the offensive analyst, uh, I thought, you know, that's an interesting move, bringing on a high school coach as an offensive analyst. But the more I thought about it, I thought that it makes a lot of sense actually because he has produced a lot of great college talent and even NFL talent with very limited resources. And so he knew, it tells you that here's a guy that knew how to observe the field and make interesting changes or proper coaching with his players to get them into points where they could succeed on the field. And uh, clearly, Gary Anderson had his own kids go through that system and witness it firsthand, and uh, Utah State has benefited greatly from some of the things that Mike Favero did as a high school coach sending up many uh, Utah State football players over the years. So um, having a high school guy come in as an offensive analyst for a college football team in the Mountain West Conference Maybe it, on paper, it seems maybe a little odd. But when you know the full story, to me, I think it's a good move. I think it's a very interesting, intriguing move. It's not like he's calling plays. It's yeah, not like remember, he's, he's recruiting players. He's you know, not a coach. You're right. It's a, it's a limited role, but it's a way to bring in an extra set of eyes and say, huh, okay, look, here's something that I see. Um, here's my take on it. Take it for what it's worth. And so, uh, Favaro's had a, a lot of success, and I think it's an interesting move for USU.
2: I love it. I really do. And a local guy like that, I, I look, I couldn't stand Favaro when I was at Mountain Crest. I was on the opposite sideline of him because he'd always find a way to just beat us down. And I think he used Ryan Bone for 95% of it. And <laughs> he was just such a high IQ coach. He still is. Uh, it, it's going to be cool to see what he can do as an offensive analyst for the Utah State IU football staff. Uh. Now let's turn to our attention to the Heisman candidate. That's right, Jordan Love. This is Coach Anderson's comments on Jordan Love, and you might want to listen to near the tail end of what he has to say about his own quarterback.
1: Say it time and time again. He is just such a, a tremendous young man, such a a great captain and a great leader. Um, and it's it's always it's always very even with him. He's he's consistent when he leaves the building. He's consistent throughout every day of the week. Um, doesn't seem to be phased. But his drive, in, from a football standpoint, his drive to really get better is uh, is very noticeable. You know, he's He wants to learn. Um, he's been with some great coaches. Um, I believe he's with some great coaches now. And I think his relationship with Coach Sanford is special. And it will continue to grow and develop. And we need to make sure we continue to grow and develop the offense around him as a whole and get the best players on the field. Um, and uh, you know, we owe that to him. And his football team knows that you know, he is a captain. He is our leader. And he's our leader on the offensive side of the ball. But he's just been, uh, I've never seen him you know, really have a bad day. And we've talked about the future. That's uh, one thing we have not hidden from Jordan is we've talked about let's get to January and then see what happens and let's play great and get you in a position to be able to make a decision. Um, And I think that's something that we needed to talk about. And this kid every day gets hit by agents. He gets beat up by a bunch of people as far as that stuff goes. And I don't agree with it, but I can't stop it. Um, So we needed to discuss it, and we did. And he's very level-headed, and I believe he'll handle that um, like a student athlete professional, which is exactly what that young man is.
2: Jordan Love has been named to the College Football Performance Awards watch list for the 2019 season. Uh, in all, Love is one of just 34 players named to the watch list, including 2018 call, uh, CFPA National Performer of the Year Trophy winner, Tuatelio Vea. Uh, additionally, Love is one of just 28 quarterbacks to be recognized. Jordan Love uh, is on a, on a radar that very, very, and I mean extremely, counted on one hand, mid-major quarterbacks are on of a radar this season. All eyes are on him. Uh, and, and, and Coach Anderson talked about, and those are comments I actually wanna to get to in just a bit. Here is love in regards of handling that hype and that pressure. So Al Lewis asked him about the hype. And then Eric follows it up with a great question about handling the pressure. Listen to his answer.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Just all the stuff, all the hype and stuff like that. But I mean, I enjoy it. It's just, at the end of the day, the way I look at it, it's just all fun stuff um, and it's all on the side. I mean, obviously you got to put the team's goals, stuff like that um, on one side, and then all this other fun stuff. I mean, it's good to look at and good to see, but at the end of the day, I mean, it really doesn't matter unless you do what you need to do with the team. So that's the way I look at it. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I try not to put too much like on my show. I mean, I know what I got to do to get the job done for this team um, so I don't try to put too much like stress or any extra pressure on that. Um, I, just, I just think about it as if I go and get the job done, do what I got to do, then uh, we'll be just fine. So I try not to put too much pressure on, my, pressure on myself um, in areas like that.
2: Eric, you brought up a great point today in that press conference when you said, look, last year you were the sophomore. This year, everybody's looking at you offensively, defensively, special teams, when things are great, when things are wrong, when things you need that one guy to look at and say, hey, we're okay. And as you mentioned, Jordan Love's going to be that guy, and I I loved his answer.
3: Yeah, he's nothing really surprised me today. When I thought when we what we saw from Jordan Love, uh, other than what we've already known, and that here's a very bright kid, very level-headed, very talented physically. Uh, it's a great combination that you don't see very often. Sometimes guys who have these great physical abilities. And, uh, and and they're smart, and they get cocky, uh, or they're you know they, they they play off their emotions. Jordan Love is very even keel, um, and for for a quarterback, it's great. He doesn't get rattled. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. Um, you can you get this sense that he is maturing more. He's more. He seemed more relaxed in front of the media today. Last year, he didn't seem real comfortable. Uh, When you asked him a question, he'd give you an answer, but it was a little more standard athlete speak, if that makes sense. Sometimes you get. But uh, today, he seemed more comfortable. You you know he's been... Here's a guy that's clearly been asked a lot of questions over the last year, year and a half, and he's becoming more comfortable in that role. And he's more confident at, at being... In that position for Utah State, so it's fun to watch his progression as a player, but also seeing that it's not really getting to his head. So he's he's keeping pretty even keel and keeping really professional about it, and uh, and that I think is one of his great characteristics.
2: And that's the most common one we heard from everybody today. When I asked everybody about Jordan Love, it was there is no highs, there is no lows. It is steady as he goes. He is he's never too up, he's never too down. He's just the same guy, no matter what. Like I, there's this like meme or whatever. What was that word called? Meme. Meme. Whatever it is. Meme. Yeah, meme. Uh, of of Bill Belichick, and it says happy, smile, angry, laughing, uh, crying, sad, and it's the all the exact same face. You could do the exact <laughs> same thing with Jordan Love. You really could. Uh, he's he is competitive. Don't get me wrong. He is competitive. Right. But, and, and Gary said that he's a guy
3: that you'll he'll. he'll He'll, he gets excited. He'll show emotion. Yeah. But um, th- there was a question about how does he compare to like Chucky Keaton, and it was kind of an interesting answer that Chucky is more like Gary, where they'll get really amped up and get really excited. He says, you know, Chucky Keaton might do a backflip at any moment. You know, if he throws a good five yard out route. Uh, but Jordan Love doesn't. I mean, he he gets excited for success, but he's very even keeled. And he really applauds that. It says it's a it's a great trait to have for your quarterback.
2: Uh let's go back to Anderson's comments really quickly before we go to break. The ending of it. Uh obviously they they do want to prepare him for the next level. Anderson feels like he's a next level quarterback, and I think all of us can see Not that. the only one. Yeah. <laughs> no, not by far, and you'll hear a lot more audio on that later in uh in the week. Uh but then the the, the last part of it that he's heard some things and that Anderson doesn't agree with it. And you now is he just talking about the criticism? No,
3: so yeah, the very tail end of Gary Anderson's comments there if you didn't catch it. Uh he's alluding to the fact that agents are already starting to hit up yep. Jordan Love. People are getting in his ear about moving on to the next level after this season is done. And so I think what Gary's alluding to is he doesn't like that there's this contact that can happen right now. He'd rather that his quarterback just think about Utah State Aggies.
2: 2019. 2019.
3: And then after the season is over, have those conversations. because he's, I mean, he's just barely coming into his junior year. Um, but it, it illustrates that he's on a lot of people's radar and that uh, there are some NFL teams. That, well, some people who think that he could be an NFL talent even after his junior year. And why stick around and why wait for your senior season?
2: We are long overdue for a break, so we need to go to a break. Coming back, we still haven't even talk baseball trades. We have an amount of them. We'll quickly give you our last little bits and thoughts of what media day was like today. Don't forget, tomorrow, don't worry. We have more audio. Again, Shaq Bond, Coach Phillips, Coach Sanford, Coach Jenna, and Jordan Love, and, and more. It's all coming up for you uh, tomorrow. Again, same station, same people, same time, 4 to 5 p.m. here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM.
0: The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com.
2: 451 your time. Eric France and Ajay Salisner on the Full Court Press. Thank you for joining us wherever, however you are. Uh, Utah State Football Media Day took place today. We've got you a ton of audio so far. We'll get you more tomorrow. Again, check Bonn, Coach Jenna, Coach Phillips, Coach Sanford, all in its entirety, all tomorrow. We'll get you everything and more on Jordan Love as well. you did going get to hear a whole lot from him. Uh, we were going to do our whole baseball trade, Derek, right? So we're going to skip the movie quiz. We're gonna <laughs> hey, no, you can't week. get out
3: of that. We're going to You can't do it get next out week. of that. You have to do your movie quiz. You're going to hate it. Today. You are abs- there have been some big trades. Uh, it, it was kind of a last minute, a lot of flurry of activity earlier today. Zach Gronky's probably the biggest move that happened today, uh, but Syndergaard stayed, Bumgarner stayed. Cubs made some moves. Astros got better.
2: Astros got a lot better.
3: But that's all you need to know, for really. It's so let's, let's let's get into the movie quiz. It's a Wednesday tradition now in the full court. Okay, press.
2: so I don't know how to do this one though and I didn't have a and granted, we didn't have a whole lot of time to prep so uh
3: you give me your best impersonation for just a few lines I'll try to figure it out if I don't I got a couple it, of, it'll be fast I got
2: a couple of sound bites all
3: right okay uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat>
2: okay
3: AJ acting 101 Lesson one. I
2: had not even had any time to prep for this I'm laughing because I've never seen this movie. I've just heard about it and I was like, I've got it. And I, so all they did is I watched clips of it today and I lost my mind. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, Pepper, uh, tell me what's going on over there. What are the thoughts? Uh, yeah, uh, Dwight Gooden says he really wants to win this game today. <laughs> and that's it. They win it. What a shocking win! Pepper. Color me as shocked. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ouchtown population U, bro!
3: Ouchtown population U? <laughs>
2: uh,
3: this sounds like something that would have um, Ben Stiller in it. Yes! Yeah? Yes! <laughs> uh is it dodgeball? Yeah!
2: <laughs> Dude, nice job. Yeah. I, got, I, got I wasn't a- I had
3: no idea until you said that last piece.
0: My is Cotton McKnight, and with me as always is my partner in crime, Pepper Brooks. Pepper! Yeah,
1: Cotton! Hey! Everybody, thirty-two teams in play. That means four wins is gonna get you in the final match, with that fifth win getting you the 50k that everyone's chasing
0: and will be forfeiting the championship match.
1: It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. It's all up to <laughs> Average Joe's youngest. Two players left on each side. What a match.
0: What a sport. Two positions. Looks like it's going to be a two-on-one, a menage a trois of
1: Usually you pay double for that kind of action, Cotton.
0: Wait.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we The Average
3: break. Joe's. That was great.
2: <laughs> I've never seen that movie. I'm going to go rent it tonight now. All right, Derek Frantzen. It's AJ Salves. And on 1069F and 1390M, the fan. Uh, coming up next, we'll wrap this one up. We'll call it a day. We'll get you again tomorrow. Don't you worry. we got all Utah State Aggie Media Day audio for you. And we'll break down more on positions, on the coach's thoughts, and uh, comments, especially on uh, Jordan Left's thoughts on beating BYU three years in a row. <laughs> Read between the lines again. It's Taj South and Eric France on the Full Court Press. To
0: the Great Wall of China, I have seen the pyramids of Egypt. I've even witnessed a grown man satisfy a camel. But never in all my years as a sportscaster have I witnessed something as impressive.
2: I was looking for the shock part and I couldn't find it, so we're just gonna have to cut before they say something that you're not supposed to say on the air. <laughs> we got one minute left, uh, Eric. Uh, as we wrapped up today's Utah State Media Day, we get ready for fall camp tomorrow. What is one thing you are looking forward to seeing as a whole for Utah State football camp?
3: Well, the first thing for me really is that offensive line coming together cohesively. Uh, how well do they protect Jordan Love? How well do they communicate with each other? And these uh, offensive weapons, wide receivers, you know, uh, we hear that it's going to be a good group. I just like to see
2: how it plays out. Check this out on Colin Coward. This is Greg Cosell And Colin Coward had to say about ours truly, Jordan Love.
0: So you're going to give our fans. There's a college quarterback that nobody watching this show has seen play in a state I dearly love. Tell me the quarterback in college to keep, everybody keep your eyes on this kid if they're on TV this year. Jordan Love, Utah State. Would not surprise me if he stays healthy, if he's viewed as a top 10, top 5 quarterback in next year's draft. Okay, by the way. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Happy baseball trade deadline. It's a lot of hype, and this year it might be merited. Baseball changed the rules so teams can no longer trade players in August. This is the last day to make a move. Most of the recent World Series champs have made a midseason deal of some sort. Think of the Astros picking up Justin Verlander in 2017, the Cubs with the role as Chapman in 2016. But it's complicated this year. Thanks to the wild card. a lot of teams are still in the race, and they all need pitching. As you might guess, the quality arms just aren't there. That means teams may have to overpay in terms of prospects. GMs are in a tricky spot. If you make a move, it ratchets up the pressure and could weaken the team in the future. If you don't, fans get impatient. Nothing is more frustrating than having a great team with a questionable bullpen. Good luck figuring all of this out as Major League Baseball officially enters the stretch run. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.